Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile Essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. Home and home. We've been doing this all 32 series. I still have some more e-bug stuff for other sports later because I'm just loving the idea of an e-bull, like an emergency backup offensive lineman, e-bull, like Ebola virus. Dude, that would be, that would be entertaining. That would be something. <laughs> Although, you know what? I mean, I guess it depends on how competent the guy was. But still, uh, I don't think that that would go very well. It didn't go very well at times last year for the Miami Dolphins offensive line. But they did have Fitzmagic. And I still think the Dolphins haven't gotten enough conversation for a team that tried to tank and failed. Let's take a listen to some of the sound from 790 The Ticket in Miami. It's hard to find a definitive instance of NFL tanking, at least over a full season. If I say they're not planning on being competitive, it sounds like they're planning on losing. But they're not. But they're not. But they, they want, did. They want to compete on a week-to-week basis. Whether they're tanking or not, who cares? They're going to be bad. They're fully healthy right now. You know, Devontae Parker's out there running. They, he can have a little Fitz magic with Fitzpatrick. Um, you know, you got Albert Wilson. You got Kenya Drake, who's been rested for the last three weeks. It's hard to assess this team, but I think, to me, the ultimate goal for Ryan Flores is this team can't quit. They can't tune him out. Can you glean any positives from the Dolphins' performance in Dallas? Have we already gotten to this point? Have we already there? Three games into the season well, where a 25-point 20, beatdown is a moral victory. I, do you think we're going to do a single Victory Monday show this oh, season? That's a great question. We've come this far. We've stripped this team down so much. Uh, we have been through two decades of just dysfunction and mediocrity. Uh, the only thing that can guarantee that we possibly get off this ride is Tua. I don't want a chance doing what I call the that so Dolphins move and finally getting a win against the Washington Redskins. And let's not let's not chance that. I will tell you this about the Miami Dolphins victory. Didn't feel bad to me at all. Like I didn't know how I was gonna feel. Now I think doing it to Adam Gase is part of the fun. That's all the fun. You get moments like this. That hard work. All right, there's joy in hard work, and this is it right here. I'm just telling you that right now. Joy in hard work. This is it. How about them Dolphins, fellas? Dolphins on three. One, two, three. The unexpected that, uh, let's all be honest, the unexpected that happened in Foxborough uh, yesterday that has everybody going, what the heck? 
just happened. You know, all the stuff yeah. starts coming out that Tua Tagovailoa mm-hmm. is healthy, blah, blah, blah. Is he going to be available with the number five pick? He is not going to be available with the number five pick. They want him. They're going to have to trade up. Question is, how high do you have to go? Two is really the spot where you need to go. Problem is, will the Washington Redskins give up on Chase Young? That was from our guys in Miami, 560, the Joe, 790, the ticket. Speaking of 790, the ticket, Zach Duarte is an evening host, does a terrific job down there. There's a lot to talk about as it relates to the Miami Dolphins. Zach, you're on with Ross Tucker and Jason Martinez. It is home and home, a radio.com sports original. Really appreciate the time. I'm hoping you got to hear that audio compilation, Zach, that we just put together. These have been awesome to go back and listen to how things change over the course of a season before the season. I guess I want to start with what is the general reaction of Dolphins fans to last year in the sense that you got rid of so many good players because you wanted the number one pick, but then you won too many games. Like how have people reacted (laughs) to last year's apparently failed tanking? Yeah, it's uh, interesting. Well, uh, first of all, thanks for having me on the show. Um, to start, it was it was hard to swallow. It was a tough pill to swallow because a lot of those trades happened after the fact that you know fans were ready for the season, ready for this new change, and then you had the Laramie Tunzel trade, uh, and you also had the Minka Fitzpatrick trade. Uh, Minka was in season two weeks after the season started, and Laramie happened right before the season started. So those just and when those happened, you knew it was that season was over. You knew that you were not playing for 2019 anymore. So it was a tough pill to swallow. But then you got through 0-7. The team started to be more competitive. And then in the last nine games, they won five. And you're just like, this This was totally unexpected. And it was really fun how they won those games too because they were beating good teams. They beat the Patriots at the end of the season, which really ended up impacting the standings and impacting the Patriots because they didn't have that second-round home playoff game, uh, which didn't matter anyways. But... Uh, it was it was very mixed reaction, and then I think we all understood what was happening and why they were doing it, and then it became fun because it started winning games, and you, you, you worry about the future in the future, and you worry about the draft at the draft, but they were winning games with picking guys up off the street on Tuesday from practice squads and waiver wire transactions, and it became just fun because they were a massive underdog, and they were beating uh, the Philadelphia Eagles, and they beat... Zach, when you, when you look at it, they do have excellent draft equity coming in. Three first-round picks, five picks in the first two rounds, six picks in the top three rounds. Um, is there chatter that they will try and move up and combine some of that equity to get the quarterback? Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, absolutely. And I think you heard in the clip there, I think it was Omar Kelly saying there's no way that they get two out of five. And- it's starting to look like I agree. I think the Detroit Lions are open for business at this point, and uh, it's it's something as a Dolphins fan, you're very you're very torn up. And and, and, I, and I know it sounds weird because hey, move up, get your guys, that's fine. But the Miami Dolphins have so many positions that they need to address. They 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 have holes all over the roster, and and you know, like I said, they were plugging those positions in with waiver waiver wire transaction guys, 
and uh, you were hoping that they'd be able to make all those picks, but it doesn't look like it. The thing that you're really looking at is, are they going to have to spend another first-round pick to move up from five to three? And you're hoping that they don't, but it sounds right now like they're going to have to. I think that's just the, the pre-draft hoopla, the whole process uh, taking place right now. You, you look back a couple years ago, the Jets traded from six to three to get Sam Darnold, and they traded three second-round picks. Um, but the Dolphins are going to have to do what they're going to have to do. And if that's parting ways with one of those other first-round picks uh, to move up from five to three, then that's what they're going to have to do. But they're in a position that no other team is in right now. They, they have so much capital, like you just mentioned, that they can control if they want to trade up or not. And, and no other team can do that. I think there's two other teams that have first-round picks. Jacksonville has two first-round picks, and Oakland has two first-round picks. But if Detroit's going to trade back with them, they're going to go from 3 to 12 or 3 to 7, whereas if they trade with Miami, they'll go from 3 to 5. They'll still be able to get who they want at 5 for the most part and get another first-round pick is what it looks like at this point. Yeah, it's just crazy, though, Zach, to, talk, to, to listen to you. Again, Zach Duarte is the evening host on 790 down in Miami. You know, if they had just done their jobs and lost, <laughs> they wouldn't be in this position. And the problem was... They signed my boy Fitzpatrick. Like, when they move on from Tunsil and Minka Fitzpatrick and those guys, it's clear what they wanted or were trying to do. Why, oh why, would they sign Ryan Fitzmagic and or even play him instead of Josh Rosen if they wanted to get the number one pick and not have to waste resources now? to move up and get Tua. They could have just drafted Burrow at one or just drafted Tua at two. No, I I, uh, I totally agree with you. I, I totally understand when it was happening in the moment because I do the post-game shows as well after Dolphins games. I was saying the same thing. I was, I was frustrated. I, I was frustrated that they won those games. If you look back at it now, they had just lost those last two regular season games against the Bengals and against the Patriots. The Dolphins would have the number one pick right now. And, and that Bengals game was in overtime, too. <laughs> um, but, it, you know, Brian Flores is, is coming from a position of, uh, I, I don't worry about the offseason. I worry about controlling this locker room and, and um, you know, showing everybody in this locker room that I am serious. And, uh, you know, a leader shows the way. And, and Brian Flores says, no, we're going to win every single game. We're going to win every single snap. Brian Flores is not going to uh, throw games on purpose or paint games on purpose. And, and it, 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 it's a discussion that happened every single day for the last year. Hey, why are we winning these games? But, you know, if, you, if you're Brian Flores, you can't afford to lose games. You know, we saw a guy like Steve Wilkes last year in Arizona. I think they went 3-13, and he got fired after one season. So if you're Brian Flores, you're not sitting here saying, hey, you know, if I go 3-13, my job is safe. Now, if a discussion happened in the offseason between Brian Flores, Stephen Ross, Chris Greer, that's another story. But if I'm Brian Flores, I'm doing the same thing. I'm trying to win every single game, and I'm not I'm not worried about the draft until we get there in April. And, and again, as we mentioned in the question before, the Dolphins, they can they, they can offer more in a trade than anybody else can. And I, I, I agree with you. Like, look, Ryan Fitzpatrick, I actually said last year when uh, you could see that Tannehill was on his way out, I said, hey, Ryan Fitzpatrick is a fun way to lose 10-plus games. And that ended up being exactly what happened. But, uh, you know, Josh Rosen, he was in there to start the season, and it was unwatchable. It was really hard to watch Josh Rosen uh, be, be a quarterback of this team. And, and Ryan Fitzpatrick, he galvanizes other guys, and, and he, he just made it fun. You know, I know we lost 11 games, but it was still fun. 
And, uh, and I'm, I'm actually looking forward to seeing Ryan Fitzpatrick and what he can do with his team next year. Hey, Zach, well, you look at the team, by my count, of the five wins, they beat three quality opponents. You mentioned the Patriots and the Eagles and Indianapolis is no slouch either. Um, but to come out of this offseason with that draft equity that you have, what is an absolute must? Do they have to come away with the, the quarterback of the future? Do they need that to, to move forward? Because once you check that box, that you have that guy for a long period of time, getting the other pieces is a lot easier than trying to get the franchise quarterback. Do they have to capitalize on that draft equity and come out with that this year? Yeah, that's a good question. You would you would think in a perfect world that they have to get the quarterback. But let's say they came out of this draft with a left tackle, a defensive end that can rush the passer, and another first-round pick next year so that they have three first-round picks next year. I know it sounds bizarre, right? We're talking the, the, the worst-case uh, worst scenario. But let's say they came out with a left tackle, a defensive end who can rush the quarterback, and now three first-round picks in next year's draft, and you have Trevor Lawrence and all those quarterbacks. That's not a bad position to be in either, but I do think that they have to come away in this draft with a quarterback, and that's where the whole Tua dynamic gets interesting because Tua's been the guy that they've probably been targeting for the better part of the season. You remember last, I think it was January, Adam Schefter was like, oh, the Dolphins are tanking for Tua. <laughs> and you're like, what? This is this is uh, 18 months ahead of schedule. But uh, I, I do think that coming away with a quarterback is a priority. Um, and I don't know which one of I don't know which one of those three it is. It could be uh, Joe Burrow, although that that seems like a pipe dream right now. Tua Tonga by Lola or Justin Herbert, I think, is a real possibility at five two if the Dolphins uh, are are not willing to trade up whatever Detroit asks for because Detroit is in a, in a position of power now uh, where they can trade back and they can take the best offer available and that's where the Dolphins. Uh, they can control that, but if they don't want to give what Detroit wants, then Detroit may trade with another team who wants to trade up to three. But yeah, I, I do think they need a quarterback. You're looking at a left tackle or a right tackle, two as the quarterback, and a defensive end who can rush the quarterback. They need everything. The only thing they don't need is wide receiver right now. Devontae Parker signed an extension. Preston Williams had a nice year last year. Mike Gusecki emerged as a nice tight end threat down in the middle of the field, but they need everything. They need another cornerback, linebackers, safety, uh, defensive tackle they need every position except for wide receiver so zach do you want to uh and do the people down there want to uh regardless of his health concerns and all the injuries he had in college yeah yeah i think you uh as a dolphins fan who has uh not who has watched this franchise not take chances in the first round besides ryan Tannehill, uh who has watched uh them pass on Drew Brees because of a medical situation. Take the best player available. Take the generational talent and see what happens on the field. Um, you know, I, I know that there's a lot of injury concerns with Tua Tungo by I'm not worried about that. Take the take the guy with the best uh, with the most talent, I should say, at the quarterback position, and that will that will bring people back to the stadium. You have to understand the Dolphins have haven't won a playoff game since 2000, I think it was, and that game was blacked out. You couldn't see it on TV. Uh, and, and the quarterbacks that we've had since Marino, I mean, you go through a laundry list of quarterback names that stretches from, you know, Ryan Tannehill, Jay Fieler to Chad Henney to, uh, you know, Ray Lucas. Guys, we've had 20-plus quarterbacks in San Marino. It'd be nice to have a guy who was drafted in the top five, who was a Heisman Trophy winner, national champion, who comes with a pedigree like Tua Tango Bailoa. Yes, I'm, I'm absolutely for them drafting Tua. And, you know, I, I really hope that they can make it happen. 
And I, I just I just hope that they don't have to trade all those first round picks in order to make that happen. To get the franchise quarterback, and you look at your division right now, um, maybe Brady leaves New England, and all of a sudden that division becomes a little bit more balanced, if you will, and, and the top team, I guess, would be Buffalo if Brady were to leave New England, although we'll see what Belichick can do if Brady is to leave. But is there a feeling there if you get the quarterback and now you can be a team that's in the mix to win that division for a change? No, yeah, I, I 100% agree. You, you look at the job that Brian Flores did last year, and he, he, I mean, he won games. Like, again, picking guys up off, off, off the practice squad from other teams, waiver wires, and putting them together – you know, with four or five days and making the game plan and winning games against, like you said, Indianapolis, New England, Philadelphia, they had the lead in both games against Buffalo. Uh, so you think, as a Dolphins fan, you have the, the the head coach in place. That is there. Now you just need the rest, and you can compete. I would say if they get to a, in this draft that there are expectations for this, this team to be competing for a division title within two years. I'm not saying next year. I'm saying within two years, when Tua seemingly would be healthy, because what I think the plan would be would be to sit Tua next year. Let Ryan Fitzpatrick uh, take the reins again, show Tua the ropes a little bit, let Tua get healthy, let Tua get comfortable, and then amass more talent on this roster because there's not a lot of talent on this roster right now. And in two years, I think the Dolphins, like you said, they have 12 picks in the first three rounds in the next two, two seasons, plus a lot of money to spend. Uh, in free agency. So that would be the plan for Miami to compete within two years for a division title. Zach, last question. We'll get you out of here. Zach Duarte is the evening host, 790. The ticket down there in Miami, one of the radio.com affiliates that we have and love. I feel like my number one positive for the Dolphins right now, if I were you, Zach, and correct me if I'm wrong, would be Brian Flores. I just think that that guy is awesome. And for you guys to get rid of Cam Wake, Robert Quinn, Tannehill, Kenyon Drake, Minka Fitzpatrick, Laramie Tunsil, and still win five games, I think that's actually pretty incredible. Do, does everybody and do you feel good that maybe you have your coach for the next eight to ten years? Yeah, well, like I said, we've seen what he can do with not a lot of talent on the roster. I think it becomes different when you have a situation somewhat like the Cleveland Browns where you have personalities, you have talent. We haven't seen Flores do, do that yet uh, in, in New England. You know, he, he wasn't the main defensive play caller. That was all Bill Belichick. So we'll see how Flores, you know, coaches with more talent on the team. But you, you, would, you would think that, yes, he is the coach. He's the right coach for this team. To lead them into the future, but we have to see. You know, they had a lot of issues with Nick Fitzpatrick, a very talented player. Couldn't get him to to want to be on this team, to want to do what the coaching staff wants to do. So, how does that play out when you have more guys of Nick Fitzpatrick's caliber? Because you saw what Nick Fitzpatrick did when they traded him to Pittsburgh. So, yes, you think that you have the right coach in place. It also, but also, what, what you mentioned there, it makes you frustrated because they had talent on this team where they could have won. Like you said. Kenyon Drake, uh, Ryan Tannehill was a few plays away from the Super Bowl this year. Devontae Parker all of a sudden blooms and blossoms. And it makes you frustrated because Adam Gase was the head coach here and could never make this work. They had Jay Ajayi. They had Damian Williams on this roster. Damian Williams was stuffed down the depth chart as Arian Foster was starting uh, the first uh, first few games of Adam Gase's tenure as head coach. So 
makes you frustrated for what was here in the past, but it makes you excited for what's here in the present. Zach Duarte, check him out. You can always listen to 790 The Ticket on the Radio.com app. That's why the Radio.com app is awesome. Zach, really appreciate the time. Thank you so much. Thanks so much, guys. Appreciate it. You know, Jay, I got a couple questions for you about the Dolphins before we hit the final break of the show. One is, I'm just sitting here thinking, okay, they won five games. I got to go back and look how many games they started or played Rosen in. And then they moved on from Tunsil and Fitzpatrick, and Minka Fitzpatrick, that is, and Kenyon Drake. Like, what if they started Fitzpatrick, Ryan Fitzpatrick, the whole year and kept Tunsil and Drake and Minka Fitzpatrick, and arguably even Robert Quinning. Like, how many games would they have won? Seven, eight, yeah. nine? It, it looks like they, they started Rose in the first four games of the year. Now they got blown out in the beginning of the season, 59 to 10 to Baltimore, 43 to nothing, then 31 to 6, and then 30 to 10. So would Fitzpatrick have been able to play defense? Because they no, weren't stopping but I, anyone. I wonder, I wonder if psychologically how much of an impact. I, it's one of the weirdest seasons I can ever remember because the first month of the year, I thought that they were going to be the worst team in NFL history. Like, I I, yeah. I mean, they, they got – the Ravens annihilated them. I mean, it looked mm-hmm. like an NFL team playing an XFL team. And so I felt like Dolphins fans were on board with that. And all of a sudden, Fitzpatrick comes in, Fitzmagic, and it's like, well, first of all, they were on board with that, but then they were getting mad because Tunsil and Minka Fitzpatrick are young guys that you would think are like part of the long-term solution, not part of the problem. Like getting rid of Quinn and Tannehill and Wake, okay, but I think you thought people thought Minka Fitzpatrick, Tunsil. These are the guys we want to build around, and they're part of the solution for the next five, ten years. Then they trade them. You're like, holy crap. They're taking, like, a long view at this thing. And then they start winning. Like, I feel like one of those, like, uh, gifs on the internet where the guy is just, like, looking back and forth. Like, I don't know how you're supposed to feel if you're a Dolphins fan after last year. It's a bit of a mixed message, isn't it? And you're right. When you're trading away players that could be – you know, you're creating holes when you trade away a guy like Minka Fitzpatrick or Tunzel. And you're going, well, these guys are still young enough. We can turn this around and they can be a part of the solution as well. And when you do that, you go, okay, it's outwardly tanking. They're spitting in the integrity of this, in the eye of the integrity of the sport, like the Sixers did in basketball. Okay. And as a fan base, we're cool with that because we want to guarantee ourselves getting a number one pick. But then they go out and they win five games, including the last two games of the season. It's like, okay, we're in position. We got this pick. Let's just not screw it up by winning. Then they win an overtime game against Cincinnati, which they easily could have lost. And then they went out and they busted their butts to beat the New England Patriots in the final week, take the Patriots' home field away, or the the bye week away, costing them the playoffs. So on one hand, I admire it, but was it you know, foolhardy to do that and win those last two games? I like the fact that the guys, look, players want to win. You don't ever go out there and look like a fool, and you're not. And you're going, look, I'm not here to help you find a guy to take my job. I'm going to go out and bust my butt. So, on one hand, I admire it, but the other hand, I'm going, maybe it was a little foolhardy because it doesn't move the ball forward for them any. Now they're going to have to use 
more assets to get uh, the quarterback of the future. Hi, everyone. This is Dave Briggs. Thanks for listening to the Home and Home Podcast. Remember, you can watch or listen live every day from 8.30 to 10.30 a.m. exclusively on the Radio.com app or at Radio.com slash home. Home and Home. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary.